Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. <laughs> Today, I'm off to a good start here, everybody. Today is Friday, September 29th, 2017. And today, we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You. We are on page 152, and we will be reading and discussing paragraphs 2 and 3. And today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Barbara E., The Twelve Traditions, Linda R. Our text readers are Allison L. and Lauren N. And our newcomer greeter today is Kathy M., and the host for the second hour is Dion R., OA Preamble. Oh, and the reference number for yesterday, Thursday, September 28th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 10,484-10484. And the share ID for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting yesterday, the 28th, is 10,485 one zero four eight five. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Barbara E. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Thank you so much for your service, Monica, and thank you everyone out there. This is Barbara E. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we harmed 
and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And I will now ask Linda R. to read the 12 Traditions of OA for us, please. Good morning, Monica. This is Linda R., recovered in North Carolina. Very grateful, and thank you for your service. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Linda R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your shared approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter A Vision for You. We are on page 152, and we will be reading paragraphs 1 and 2, starting We Have Shown How We Got Out From Under. And I will ask Allison L. if she would read for us, please. Thank you, Monica. This is Allison L., the public overeater in Ohio. We have shown how we got out from under. You say, yes, I'm willing, but am I going to be confined to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum like some righteous people I see? I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. There you will find relief from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. Okay. Again, this is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. So we have shown how we got out from under. How did we do that? We got entirely abstinent, worked the 12 steps to have recovery. And so... Um, now someone's saying, yes, I'm willing to do what you've done, but um, what's life going to be like? I've actually had someone ask me this question in my local meeting. She said, okay, so, um, you know, what do you look forward to now if it's not eating? <laughs> and I said, um, well, you know, my life used to be before recovery. I would wake up in the morning and my thoughts would go to what's on TV today and what am I going to eat? That's all I cared about. That's what I needed to get through my day. That's what I look forward to. That was my excitement. Fake people on the TV and what I could put into my mouth to numb out from um, actually having to feel any kinds of um, emotions or happiness. Um, And it seemed so boring and glum to just go through life without that entertainment that I had. Um, But in recovery, what is life like now? What do I look forward to? Real people, my real life, looking in the eyes of those I love, being present with them. Um, And if you were at convention, you know that um, our life in recovery is anything but boring and glum. There were dance parties and hugging and laughing and so much joy and fun there um, in our fellowship. So it's anything but boring or glum. And so um, is there a sufficient substitute to what the food used to do for me? Yes. That substitute is the work of the steps and the fellowship to use all my pain, to use all my suffering that I've endured, um, the hard work of getting through the steps. I use all of that now to help others who are are suffering. Um, I work with others, um, outreach calls and sponsoring to help them come up and enjoy this new life so it's not for no reason. So each day is exciting when I wake up. I don't, sometimes I have an idea what might be ahead. Sometimes I have no idea what God has in store for me for the day, um, but it's an exciting mystery just to go through and see um, what what I can, how I can be helpful to others, and what uh, how I get that now I get that effect um, from from doing the work of the steps and, and being of service. And 
um, seeing others join me and trudging this road of happy destiny and talking with other fellows who are doing the same. And we laugh and we cry and um, we just enjoy the beauty of the world all around us. I was missing that before when I was numbing out to it. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Allison Al. And for those who have just come on, we are on page 152, and we are discussing paragraphs 2 and 3. And I'm getting my pencil ready here. Who would like to share this morning? Katie D. Katie S. Katie D. Katie D. Okay. Um, Beverly from Gatesburg, Maryland. Matt M, Matt M. Wait a minute, y'all. Wait a minute. Okay, this is what I got, okay? Nessa R, Katie G, Tina S, Larry K, Roz R. Now, Beverly. Beverly M. All right, Beverly, I gotcha. Barbara E. Melissa C. Gotcha. Anybody else? Melissa C. Shannon S. Shannon S. Yes. Okay, Melissa C. I got you. Okay, let's go with this lineup. Um, Nessa R. Katie. Katie G. Katie F. Whatever Katie it was, I didn't get you. Tina S. Larry K. Roz R. Beverly. Barbara. Monica. E. It was both of us. It was Katie F. Oh! and Katie G. Okay. We both said our names. Matt M. <laughs> Sorry, Monica. Melissa C. and Shannon S. And Matt, you'll be you'll be on there too. Okay, Nessa R. <laughs> you're up, and then it'll be Katie F. Nessa R. We can't hear you. I did hear Nessa, didn't I? Hi. Okay. Now, now you can hear me. Yes, I can. Go ahead. Oh, great. I, I, was, I was complimenting you on, on the great job you're doing uh, unjumbling the jumble of vo- voices. So anyhow, since I'm into art, I'm a recovered compulsive here in Canada. Something that I have learned in recovery is that God is not a, a substitute for food. Um, I have been using food as a very, very poor substitute for God. And um, it only turned my life into a mess, and not to mention my, my body um, and, and my brain. Um, but, you know, I was thinking as I, as I was listening to the, to the reading that, you know, I've been in all sorts of rooms in OA. I've been in rooms where fat serenity was king. You know, there are a lot of people who seem to be happy and content with their lives, but they were fat. And, um, you know, not only just fat, but obese, not fat because they were, you know, 300 pounds and now they're 200 pounds, but fat because they were always 300 pounds and they're still 300 pounds. And, and I didn't want that. And then I went to different kinds of meetings where people thin, but they had big people. And I didn't want that either. And finally, I met a person in, in whom the problem had truly been solved, who had both, who was in a normal body and who was happy, joyous, and free despite her life. I, I, not, not perfect. Nessa, you're, 
having a hard time hearing you, Nessa. You're breaking up. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I Hello? can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm standing in the same spot. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyhow, it's okay. So, um, you know, and that's what I truly wanted. I wanted, I wanted the normal body for sure. That's what I came from. Came for here too. But I also decided that I wanted the um, the happiness, the joyfulness, and the freedom. And I was willing to do anything. At that point, and this was like nine years into my tenure in the rooms of OA, I was ready to do whatever she would tell me to do. If she would tell me to eat grass through a straw, I, I would have done it. Um, and it's that level of willingness that we need to get to that only comes through um, when we are desperate enough, as we have read previously, and I, I, I'm so blessed. I got to the point. I'm so blessed that God put such a person in front of me that showed me what the possibilities were. And, um, you know, I did what she did. I put down the food entirely, honestly, absolutely. And then I worked through the steps um, as she instructed me, like my life depended on it. And, you know, somebody asked me yesterday if, if, um, um, you know, somebody, you know, if my husband would ask me to give a program, uh, what would I do? And, you know, thank God he doesn't do that. But I said, you know, without program, I would have no husband. Without program, I would have no marriage. Without program, I would have no life. And I, I choose to put program first, but it took first for me to be convinced, Time. number one, that I was there. Thank you, I will wrap up. And number two, that only a spiritual experience or a spiritual awakening uh, would be the solution that I had been searching for in the food and never got all along. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. Katie F., it's your turn, and then it'll be Katie G. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I love this paragraph. Um, But am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum like some righteous people I see? Um, How am I going to get along without liquor? Um, You know, I thought that just like um, the first person shared that, you know, that they talked to someone who, you know, how would they enjoy life without food? And, you know, I, I was very uncomfortable when I first um, put down the food for the last time. I mean, because my MO had always been to just constantly talk about the diet I was on. I like the way that I, I had lost what I was eating, what I was doing. Um, and it was different this time. You know, I, I don't talk about what I eat. Um, and I have learned that people actually could care less and that I, um, can talk to people and be a part of life. You know, my fear when I was in my, um, twenties and first came to OA because I would hear about these housewives, um, who, you know, closed the blinds and had small children and sat on the couch and ate all day. Um, I was, that was one of my biggest fears is that I would still be in this disease, somehow magically be married and have children. And I would just still be eating and eating and eating. And my reality today is I do live in the middle of the field in the middle of nowhere. I do have blinds to draw and I do have children and I have not spent one moment 
binging with the blinds closed. Um, I have been able to have this life of sane and happy usefulness. And, you know, I have all of you. I have people in my um, local community somewhat. And I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. But, you know, if you're sitting there today and you have just a few days or a few weeks or a few months of recovery and you are still in your 20s, because I'm in, you know, my late 50s, I can't believe I'm saying that, um, and have been absent for almost 30 years. Um, that sounds so daunting. Like, you've got to be kidding me that I'm going to be doing this for all this time. Like, that sounds horrifying, even though it's, I'm saying that it's wonderful. But I'm telling you, I didn't think that I was going to be standing here 30 years later, not in a million years. And I never thought I would be this happy. And I never thought I would be this joyous. And I never thought I would be this free. But I have it all. And I'm so grateful that this program just keeps getting better and better and better one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. Ditto, ditto. Katie G., you're up. And then it'll be Tina S. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. This is KDG, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. So grateful to hear all of you. Yeah, ditto, ditto, ditto. I mean, <clears throat> right, I think that I wanted Cinderella or um, Sleeping Beauty or I just wanted like the knight in shining armor and my expectation of life was that life was going to be perfect it was going to be feeling good it was and if i wasn't feeling good there was something profoundly wrong and if i was feeling good then everything was fine <clears throat> and so i'm here to say like yeah my imagination is on fire you all excite me awaken me arouse me inspire me you motivate me but that doesn't mean that I feel comfortable. Like I'm calling all of you <clears throat> and doing my step 10 and you're actually offering me spiritual considerations like, well, Katie, it's kind of time to grow up and learn to deal with people that are different from you. Or it's time to offer patience, acceptance, kindliness towards people who you don't want to offer that to. And <clears throat> so I guess I'm here to say like, yeah, I I feel so much joy in my life and I can laugh and I can be free. And if you talk to me, I also feel fear and agita and all these other emotions. But here's the difference. It doesn't define me. Like Tuesday and Wednesday this week, my insides, they were on fire with what was going on externally. And, you know, if I were more recovered, maybe they wouldn't be. But thanks be to God, I have these steps, right? And um, and God came in and he healed me and he continues to heal me. And today, this morning, my insides are not on fire. And, you know, the best thing that's happening to me is not me getting on the scale in the morning. You know, the things that are happening to me is y'all are teaching me how to have human will relationships. I don't know how to have human relationships. I know how to have hostages. I know how to, you know, like I, I used to say in college, oh, you know, I hate people. And, and my friends would look at me and be like, oh, you're not a person. Don't worry. Or I'd say, you're dead to me. Those are my basic human skills. And today, because of a sponsor, because of sponsees, and because of friendships who are tr teaching me, this is how you have a friendship. This is how you, this is how you take inventory. This is how you put your hand back in God's hands. You know, this isn't, I didn't come in here looking for friends. 
And what happened is I got a fellowship around me that like we're saying, like, I am on fire. Why? Because I wake up in the morning and I want to live. I immediately start saying my thank you, God. I have so much in my life, you know, a husband, um, a blossoming daughter, like things are happening in my life that are beyond my wildest dreams. And that's what's most important. And it's because of the willingness to be uncomfortable and face life, which is messy each and every day, entirely abstinent and working the steps at all costs. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Tina S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Larry K. Thanks so much for your service, uh, Monica. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. <clears throat> wow, some fabulous chairs this morning. Thanks so much. And, you know, I also ditto, ditto, ditto. You know, one of the things that I like about the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous is it, it gives me certain instructions and directions on what I can do one day at a time so that I don't have to be in the misery of food addiction. And on page 133, it says that we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And, and therefore, you know, I have this... Uh, wonderful program of action and 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 i just have to say this and i say it mostly for me and it's not the fellowship of overeaters anonymous it's it's the 12 steps and 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 without this fellowship i cannot do this deal but you know i have to know the difference today and and i can hang out in the fellowship because i have you know but i can really uh, be part of the 12 steps and have a transformation that i can live one day at a time among you you know, beside you and not below you or above you. And that's the gift that I see today, you know. And, and I love that it says, you know, are we consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum? And I'm glad that's not my experience, you know. But I also, before I um, worked the steps and had a transformation, thought that that's what it was going to be like. Because if, if I had those things happening in my life today, I wouldn't be hanging out. Let me just tell you, if I didn't feel happy, joyous, and free, I wouldn't be hanging out with y'all. You know, because even though it wasn't a, a, a solution, it was the solution and was food. And so if I didn't get something better, I wouldn't be doing this thing. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, that life will mean something at last. And then it says the most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. You know, so there's some work to be done. And I do this one day at a time. And so that, you know, I can give this thing away in order to keep it for sure but it's what I want to do today. You know, when I first got here and they said, oh, you got to give this thing away in order to keep at that, oh, dear goodness. Well, today, you know, those are things I want to do, you know, and, and what, a, what a fabulous existence and, and a life today beyond my wildest dreams. And that'll pass, thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Larry K. it's your turn, and then it'll be Roz R. Hey, Monica, good morning. It's Larry K., uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, this, this really is a beautiful fellowship. We read about the fellowship, and I've made some lifelong friends here, and I'm so grateful for that. Now, if you, if you ask me, you know, what is the program, I would tell you that the program is everything between the covers of the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which, which explains, you know, not only the use, but the application of the 12 steps. But I, I would further, t- you know, tell you that the program cannot exist outside of this book without the fellowship. See, I, I can't do this myself. We, we can do this together. So in other words, without fellowship, bringing this experiential deal to, to life for someone who's sinking into the quicksand, right? You're in the quicksand right now. Unless someone who's experienced this, they've followed the instructions, all this book is going to be to you 
if they don't bring it to life to you, is some dry reading, some rote doctrine, just a bunch of words, slogans, you know, something you memorize, leading nowhere. See, I can't do this thing flying solo. We have to confront our defects of character so that we can recognize the wrong, you know, our wrongs, and we've got to change it. And this is, we do this in order so that we can, the light can enter us. And until the light enters us, I can't serve my creator. I'm just going to be spinning my wheels. And the middle of page 55 captures this pretty explicitly. It, it says, we found the great reality, capitalized great reality, deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. You know, two words stand out for me there. We, we found, and us. Not me and them. You know, quite simply, the, the intended purpose of the program and the fellowship is to enable you to form a sustainable relationship with the higher power of your own understanding, which will enable you to serve, to be of maximum service to you and to those about you. And that's the deal. That's the deal for this, with this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Roz R., it's your turn, and then it'll be Beverly. Hi, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your service. Um, this is Roz R. in Florida, recovered. This is uh, every every line we read is amazing in this book, but um, what stands out for me in this uh, in this reading is uh, you know I must get along without liquor. Um, have a, have you a sufficient substitute? Um, prior to working the steps um, and going through this big book and having the recovery that I have now, um, when I was without my food, um, I hid. Uh, I couldn't be around people, places, or events because I was so afraid of losing what I had. Um, the recovery that I have today has allowed me to become part of, of life, to become part of the fellowship. Um, I, didn't, I, I could never reach out before. I was so afraid to let people really know who I was or embarrassed if I was feeling overwhelmed or had food thoughts or what would people think of me. And, you know, I've learned that, that, you know, humility that, that I have today, you know, has given me the strength. God has given me the strength to reach out, to, um, to share, you know, my, my fears and my, um, you know, uh, the challenges that come up and there isn't anything that comes up in any given day that it's an option to eat over. I mean, yesterday I had two things happen right in a row that were, really upsetting to me and the thought did not come to me to eat the thought came to me of okay I need to do 10 step or I need to call someone you know um in recovery and and you know discuss it and turn this around and look at you know my part and I mean I never did that before I was always pointing the finger how can you have a fellowship how can you be part of um, if you think you're better then. And I think that's how I lived. I always just felt like I'm different than you. I'm better than you. I can do this my way. <laughs> but I'm the one that always got back into the food. I'm the one that always isolated. Um, and now I don't do that. You know, I have a chance to give to others. I love to get calls. I try and return every single call I get. And the substitute for me is is the 12 steps, is the fellowship. And there's so many things that so many people said that are so profound um, you know, that I, I just, I, I just 
love hearing, uh, you know, the recovery of everyone. So I just wanted to share, you know, how important this, this program is to me and how important you guys are and the sharing um, and the service that everyone gives. So I'm grateful to be here, grateful to be recovered, and uh, grateful to God that I've got this opportunity and the excitement that it says here, you know, um, what lies ahead. You know, um, I look forward to, to each day. Um, each day is a new beginning. So thank you very much for your service, mm-hmm. and I'll pass. Thank you, Razar. Beverly, you're up, and please give us your last initial, and then it'll be Barbara E. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's your last initial, Beverly? R. R as R. in radio. R as in radio. I want okay. to know something. Can I leave my number after I speak because I might not be here for the rest of the meeting and I really crave outreach calls? Would that be okay? Do it. To leave my number? Yes. Okay. Okay, Go ahead. great. Yeah, well, I just wanted to quote something from the big book that I know by heart. You are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. You will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. No matter how far down the scale you have been, you'll see how your experience can benefit others. And I just wanted to say that I've had traumatic relationships with men. I don't need to say more. And um, that I think I've all, I was I wouldn't say I was born a compulsive overeater, but as a compulsive overeater, I rec- when I did my um, step work, etc., I recognized that from a very early age, I had the tendency to be a compulsive overeater. But um, I was catapulted into compulsive overeating by these traumas that I experienced. And I remember trying so many things to lose weight and I could not do it and I even listened to a hypnotic tape on losing weight and they said think of a time when you were slim and gorgeous and everything was fine and all I could think of was the time when wolves I mean men who acted like wolves were chasing after me and is my time up do I have more time I I just have one more thing to say how much time do I have um, go ahead and then give us your number, please. Okay. So, uh, so I found that because of my experiences, I have been able to help young ladies, younger ladies who are kind of like the the the, the daughters I don't have. I am able to help them with their relationships, and I've even made it a life mission to be able to help others, both men and women. With especially with intimate relationships, and my number is three zero one five two seven nine five nine four three zero one five two seven nine five nine four. I take calls from nine a.m. to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and um, if there's anyone who has similar problems like me and anyone who wants to make an outreach call please call me and i will always leave your number if if thank you i'm not available even if i please beverly thank you i'll end here thank you thank you my dear bye have a good day okay 
Thank you, Beverly R. And a gentle reminder to everybody, please, we are talking, we are sharing what the big what we've read in the big book. All right, Beverly E., it's your turn, and then Melissa C., you're up. Barbara E.? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said Beverly. Uh, well, I just... probably did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two B's in a row here. Go ahead, Barbara. Okay, thank you so much. How can I get along without food? Have you a substitute? Yes, and vastly more rewarding, a fellowship in AA, release from care, boredom, and worry. Life will mean more than food. Well, for me, I I can say I was living to eat, but today I'm eating to live, and I still love food. It It's still enjoyed but it's in, my, it's in a proper place for me. The best years of life are ahead. Yesterday, I went to the dentist. I had some surgery. And when he was through, he put on what someone on the meeting called a chin bra with an ice pack in it. It looks so cute. I'm so glad to be on the meeting today. I just wanted to say, as a result of this meeting and really bringing the big book to life for me, not just words, for the first time, I realized that everything in life is perfect. And I can tilt my head back and laugh at the sky, metaphor, but that's the best thing I can think of. I wanted to believe that I could live without food, but I was skeptical. That food was what I looked forward to in the morning. My plan of action, and I did have one, was what would I eat? Where would I get it? How could I hide it? Where would I dispose of it? Beverly, you're breaking up really badly. I don't know if you can do something about that. doing now it's Barbara am I doing better that's still bad oh I'm so sorry moderator it's not breaking up on this end here well I then I will we can hear her fine I can hear her perfectly oh okay then I'll continue Barbara I'm sorry Barbara we're gonna have not breaking up or maybe it's me okay okay moderator Okay, then I'll continue until my time is up, and please tell me, because now I'm a tad confused. I'm always confused. Anyway, I now still enjoy food, but it's in its proper place. I plan my three meals a day. I go on with life. I love the things that I do, especially the outreach and the 10-step calls that I receive every day give me so much further knowledge of working the program, how important it is. The program is everything, as was said, but the pages of the big book have now jumped into perspective, and the fellowship and the program walk hand in hand for me. The book would just be a bunch of words without you. I love everything. And as was just said by Beverly, I believe, uh, 
perhaps it wasn't, on page 55, we found us and enables us to be of maximum service. And since I have no idea how long I've been on at this point, I'm going to pass and thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Barbara. And I hope it's uh, better now. And I guess the problem was me. (laughs) Can you imagine? All right, Melissa C., it's your turn, and then it'll be Shannon S. I hope I'm better. Hi. Uh, Hi. Can you hear me? It's Melissa C. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. Hi. Melissa C., recovered in New York. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm only an addict, you know, only someone like myself who's at the jumping off point, whose back is against the wall, who's no longer getting pleasure from food, um, you know, terrified, life is unraveling, falling apart, would even bother asking the question, well, am I going to be boring and glum and stupid now that I'm not eating? I mean, as if I was so intelligent and exciting and shipper when I was eating. Like, what what an incredible lie that is. Um, you know, my life, it, 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 that's exactly what it was. Um, you know, it was it was a stupid, boring, and glum existence where everything was centered around food and weight and getting my way. And um, and do we have something that is a sufficient substitute? Oh my God, yes. You know, like more than sufficient. Um, you know, all we have to do is like get on the this phone meeting and hear how many of us are like scrambling to get our voices heard. Um, I mean, there's people on the West Coast who are awake at four in the morning to get here um, to be a part of this because we're we're fired up. You know, I'm excited. This this recovered life is beyond my wildest dreams. And you know, when I look back, um, growing up, I thought that being me was the worst thing in the world. Like that life was so unfair. It made me sad. You know, like that to me was like the hugest injustice that I liked food more than normal people and that was really unfair and and I was sad and and don't you know I got screwed. Um, And yet, like, that's been the greatest gift of my life because had I not been suffering with, you know, with morbid obesity and, um, and stuck inside the food and unable to keep my crap together, I would never have you know, had a life like this now. And, you know, when, when I was going to a convention a couple of weeks ago, um, driving in the car, I I was nervous. I was a little frightened, like, what is it going to feel like to be with all of you? And then as I was getting closer and closer, I, I started crying, and they were tears of joy because I was getting to be with the people who saved my life, who continue to save my life, who I love, you know, this fellowship, um, it, it's beyond just a regular fellowship. It's a, um, you are you are my sisters and brothers, and, um, and I love nothing more than working with you. Like, when I, when someone calls and they need, you know, some, a, a tent stop, this is the greatest gift. And when I'm pressed against the wall and I'm struggling and I reach out, I have an answer that far exceeds, you know, the food. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. Shannon S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Matt M. 
Good morning. This is Shannon S., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in um, in New York. And um, just like other people have said, you know, I wondered what will my life be like, you know, stupid, boring, and glum. And um, my life was so small. My world was so small when I was in the food. And um, since getting out of the food and, and being recovered, my world has opened up and gotten so big that sometimes I need to... Um, I need to scale it back a little bit because I need to set boundaries for myself. Um, And I just really wanted to focus on, you know, I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I have you a sufficient substitute? Um, Over the past few months, I've gone through a very difficult time. And I look back and um, no, it wasn't always pretty, but I just look back with awe and gratitude that um, I didn't get back into starving myself or binging like crazy, or um, exercising, you know, hours and hours and hours every single day, that um, it was hard, and it really sucked, to be honest with you. It hurt, but um, as somebody always says on the line here, is that when we're absent, we feel hurt better. We feel um, pain better, and I certainly did, but you know what? Through this fellowship and through this program, I was able to feel it, and I was able to walk through it, and when I stumbled and when I fell, I had a fellowship of women that were just here waiting and um, helped me to get back up, and I have never, ever had a fellowship, had a support system, had a program for living such as this before, and I'm just so grateful that um, I'm still dealing with um, some of some of the things, the after effects, but you know what? Um, when I needed this fellowship every single day, I had people just under my arms lifting me up and carrying me sometimes. And I can say that I'm still absent and I'm still recovered, even though I didn't always feel it. That's something that I learned here is that even though I'm recovered, it doesn't mean my life is always perfect and doesn't mean I'm always going to feel recovered. But um, by the grace of God, I'm still standing with the help of all of you. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Shannon S. Matt M., it's your turn. Can you hear me, Monica? I can. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam Composable Reader. Yes, I'm willing, but I have to be consigned. Should I be consigned to life to be stupid, boring, and glum? You know, I've been struggling a lot lately with the food. I've gained 40 pounds in the last month and a half, and I've been slowly trying to work the program back to where I needed to go. I have the willingness to work it. It's not always easy for me because my life isn't where I want to be right now. I'm actually stuck in a swamp. But stuff happens like that. Life isn't always sunshine and rainbows and roses and stuff. Life is going to be hard sometimes. It doesn't mean that I give up. It doesn't mean that I put my uh, my life on hold. You know, stuff's going to happen. They said life is what happens when you're waiting for it to start, you know. Um, there is no substitute for this program. It's given me a life. It's given me an opportunity to, to make friends, to be a more extroverted person, to be there for other people, to make sure that I'm there for myself as well, you know, and because uh, I can't be there for others if I'm not there for myself first, you know, I have to take care of myself first. I'm such a caretake, kind of caretaking kind of person. I want to solve everybody else's problems before my own. And um, I'm th- this, this program day by day is showing me how to get out from under. I'm already losing the weight again. Thank you by the grace of God. And I'm taking my, my life back one day at a time. It's not always easy. It's a struggle sometimes. And uh, 
I realized this is the way life is. Life isn't, like I said, life isn't always going to be easy, but you know what? I'm t- willing to take it one day at a time. I'm not willing to give up. I'm willing to stay with it because it will happen for me eventually. I just, it's just taking a little, taking a longer route around instead of the short route, taking me a little longer. But I'm just grateful I have the willingness every day because that's, that's the thing. That's the key for me, the willingness to work it every day and to take it one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. And we are on page 152. We are discussing paragraphs one and two. We have shown how we've got out from under. And who else would like to share this morning? Anita J. Morrissey. Lisa B. Okay, this is what I got so far. I got a Linda R. I got a Pete B. I got Anita, Mara, Lisa, um, Russ M. Harlan G. Harlan. Nicole P. Say that again. P. Nicole P. Nicole. And um, I'm sorry. Here we are running out of time, and I've got lots of you. So, Linda R., you're up. Pete B., you'll be next. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much for your service. Linda R. recovered in North Carolina. The words stupid, boring, and glum. Now, when I came into program, I was not aware that my life was thriving on excitement. You know, part of the addiction, what I've learned in my being recovered is that my life before really was based on, you know, getting a thrill out of the food getting a thrill out of whatever, you know, extremism would really dictate my day. Since I've been in recovery and working my steps and, you know, gotten to this phase of my life, thank you, dear God, I find that I am excited now I'm, and I'm not stupid. You know, part of my step work helped me find out, like, who I was. It gave me self-work. You know, every day of my life when I do my steps, my regimen, whatever I'm doing, and the fellowship, I'm able to transfer that excitement through the program recovered state with God, with the fellows. And as far as, you know, a glum lot, you know, this lot is no longer glum. Let me tell you, I went to convention and the rec- everyone was so, it was really happiness, joyous, and freedom for m- most. You know, I'm not saying, you know, everyone, but I got this feeling of spiraling, you know, into my life, this joy. The other thing is fellows and service. Um, I just find that for me, you know, the service part of my program really helps me keep it going and um, gives me the generation of the excitement that I'm talking about. So thank you for allowing me to share today. Thank you, Linda R. And I'm sorry, we don't have a whole bunch of time. So, Pete B., it's your turn, and then Anita. You'll be up. Thank, thanks, Monica. My name's Pete B. I'm an, alcohol, I'm an alcoholic and a compulsive overeater, and I'm sober today by God's grace and mercy and abstinent today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, like the fellowship, right? Um, I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Yes, there is a substitute, and it is actually more than it, more than that. And definitely feel as though this the, the fellowship can be a great substitute for alcohol. Um, but I know that you know our literature says alcohol is not my problem. 
I have a spiritual problem. I'm disconnected from the source, and I can't believe that the fellowship is going to be a substitute for my alcoholism, right? This, the, 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 the way that I address my alcoholism is by having a connection with a God of my understanding that's going to relieve me of this merciless obsession. And if I, if I try to use the fellowship as a substitute for, for my food addiction, I'm going to be faced with the same problem. I'm going to be, I'm going to, it's going to be fine until you're not there anymore, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to feel okay while you're around, but when you're not around, I'm not going to be okay. And Overeaters Anonymous has been around for a long time, but the, the disease of compulsive overeating has been around for much longer. And there have been other groups that have tried to address it and they've gone out of business. And I don't want to, and I, I know this, that, if, ever, if, if Overeat Anonymous closes and we no longer have phone lines, I, I'm still a compulsive overeater, and I still need hope. And that hope must come from a power greater than myself and not from, from a fellowship that could fall apart at, one, at some point in time. So with that, I know, I know this. I can go where I want, when I want, with who I want, whenever I want, uh, as long as I have a relationship with the God of my understanding uh, and, and, and I maintain a uh, fit spiritual condition. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Pete B. Anita, it's your turn. And then it'll be Mara if we have time. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Anita J. out in Massachusetts, recovered. Recovered. I never even really realized that could happen, even though I had read the book over and over. It's all we had at first. But... This uh, imagination and fired up and true mission, uh, it's true. And it's only been three years and I think eight months of recovered. But it's incredible and it's catching. You know, my whole family, who changed? I don't know who changed, but it seemed to catch on to everybody. I just wanted to say, um, my husband who passed away, you know, in August, he had dictated a letter to me and I, he said, when you get time, write it up. And I, I finally did. And one of the sentences he's trying to tell this woman is maybe life is not supposed to be equilibrium. And it reminds me of some joke I once heard about what hell is where everybody is standing up to their chin in you-know-what and waste. And the sentence they're saying is, don't make waves, don't make waves. And I thought, how profound. That is what I thought, too. You have to get through this life without any conflict, nothing. Just, just make it easy and smooth and nothing. And everything seemed like conflict. Conflict, it was life on life's terms. Life on life's terms, lady, you don't get through with no waves. And out of the waves came beautiful, beautiful, I don't know. Somehow everything looked more beautiful when the waves calmed. You have to have it, kid. That's me I'm talking. <laughs> or anyone else. It's, it's a beautiful life no matter when you get it. So... Just keep coming. I know I'm going to keep coming. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you so much, Anita Jane. That was right on time, and I'm so sorry, everyone. We have run out of time already this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And our share ID for today, Friday, September 29th, is 10,487-10487. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Lauren N., can you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, this is Lauren N., grateful, recovered, overeater, sugar addict. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away, clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>